Welcome to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast, where I interview some of the best coaches in the business to find their secrets and share them with the world. I'm Scott Ritzheimer, founder and CEO of Scale Architects, and we help founders and leaders find the right coach at the right time so they can achieve the predictable success they deserve. And a huge part of that is helping great coaches do great work that creates enormous demand for their services with way less effort. If you're a high demand coach, I'd absolutely love to share your story and expertise as well. So stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everybody. Hello and welcome. Welcome to our latest episode of The Secrets of the High Demand Coach. And I have here with me today a very high demand coach uh, and a new friend and acquaintance of mine, Shay Sparks with Sparks of Fire International. And Shay and I met actually on her podcast. So uh, I strongly recommend that you guys go out and check it out. I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a little bit. We'll also include a link in the notes. But without further ado, Shay, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Our listeners don't know this, but I'm 15 minutes late for this. So just a testament to one, don't always trust technology. And two, Shay is just amazing. I mean, nobody Mm. sits on an empty Zoom room for 15 minutes, but out of just the kindness of her heart and who she is, she's here with us today. And you guys are the primary beneficiaries of that because I know it's going to be an absolute treat. So Shay, thank you for being here. And I'd love to open up and just say, hey, tell us your story. How did you get into coaching? Why? And what did that journey look like? Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for um, asking me to be on your show and congratulations for having a podcast. This is so exciting. I, I'm I'm happy and excited for you to see where it goes. Uh, let's see. I have been a coach. Um, well, I started off being a coach behind the chair as a hairstylist for most of my career. In fact, all of my career. And as time went on, I really started to think about what is next for me. I knew that I was not destined to be there for the rest of my life. I was put in a good, um, you know, 29 years, which is hard to believe because I'm only 30. So I don't know how that all works out in math, but um <laughs> I put in a good, good run. And I knew that at some point I was being called, being led, being doors were opening to me to do something else. So it started because I had gotten into an abusive relationship. And when I got out of that, I was able to peel away the layers of the onion that I am, that we all are and heal. And Mm. as I started to heal, I started to change the language that I spoke to myself, most importantly, but also the people around me, especially my family and even my my hair clients who then got the benefit of going, well, what do I say to this person, Um, you know, to me as they were getting their hair done? So they got the benefit of, of coaching from behind the chair while I was still still exploring, like, what does this look like to be coaching? And so that's kind of how the idea was first planted in me, because I would clients would ask me about, you know, what, what do I say to this person? And, and how do I, how do I communicate 
better with this person. And that person was literally their spouse, their parents, their kids, and their boss or their coworker. And so it was a rain. It was all people. It didn't matter who the person was. It was really about getting to the heart of the person and communicating mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. And so when I started to share what I had learned about myself and one of the major things that I learned was we have to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and we have to be able to share what it is that we're thinking about the situation, like what it is that I'm feeling in this moment of the story that I'm telling myself about this situation. And that is just absolutely profound. People don't actually do that, nor do they even think about being vulnerable and wanting to share that. And, And when I did that with my own family, things started to shift. My dad most of my life had only shown me anger and that was the only emotion he ever showed and had never been vulnerable a day in his life, nor did he ever have conversations that was outside of, you know, superficial conversations like how's the car running, how's work, how's the weather. And when I started to shift that and dive deeper with my dad, he started to heal and peel Mm. away his own layers And he became my best friend in the last five years of his life. Wow. And that is really my why is to really create a, um, a movement for people to really be able to be vulnerable and to have a safe space with their family, with their company, with their, their spouse to be able to share. Yeah. I love that. And, and one of the things uh, I want to dig into that a little bit, but one of the things just as you're talking that um, if you're not a founder, you may not quite get, but those who are founders listening, just get it. Like it is like starting a business is part of who you are, right? There's so many times it comes out of this just deep experience, uh, maybe profound pain, maybe profound accomplishment, but it, it's never like, eh, it's, you, know, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. And even for those, you know, cause we've had a couple of people who said I was an accidental entrepreneur. So even if the starting point was the kind of uh, whatever, there comes this moment for every single founder where it's like, wow, you know, am I really going to do this? Right. Like, and, mm-hmm. and so what I think founders struggle with after that sometimes is they struggle because for the employees that they're bringing in, especially as they get to like 15 and 20 and 50, it's not that same experience for them, right? It's a job uh, for Mm -hmm. many of them, even if it's an exciting one, but it's not necessarily who they are. And the things that you do, again, are so knit to who you are that it can be hard to let go of some of that. It can be hard to just Mm. work through some of that. And you see a lot of that go sideways. And I'm sure that you've seen this a lot, but it's like that there's a vulnerability there that even if you don't want to express it, you can't get away with it as a founder, right? It's just, it's part of the deal. How do you see that showing up, right? That like... Uh, the wrestle with vulnerability uh, for founders in particular. Yeah, absolutely. So I do work with um, CEOs and it's interesting when I say that word, they're like, what? I'm not going to be vulnerable. Are you kidding me? And so I'll put another word with it. I'll call it transparent. Mm. And it's really about creating a company culture where you're being transparent enough uh, to, um, to really build respect 
you're building trust, you're building rapport, you're building a, 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 a safe space to say that um, word again, for your employees, for your clients to really be able to be able to go to you and talk about anything mm. and be able to trust you. And so that then you can actually trust them that they're going to be the, their most productive and they're going to want to stay. You're yeah. going to build that loyalty because, and especially in today's world, we don't have loyalty. They're always looking for the next or the best and the better, you know, the grass is greener. And what happens is when the, when the CEO removes the ego from their title, as an mm-hmm. E, as an ego, they right. remove that from the, the title, the chief ego officer, and they become transparent and really kind of sit with, okay, where are our blind spots? Where are our weaknesses? And what if I shared that in a way that says, let's brainstorm this as a group, as a whole, and be able to create and produce results out of that? Rather than constantly giving orders, you're now creating a more um, cohesive environment, a culture that is all about teamwork rather than just barking orders from the back of the room. That's so good. That's so good. Now, uh, you've mentioned kind of working in a business environment, working with a CEO, working with their team. You've also mentioned this just kind of deep vulnerability on a family side as well. How do those intersect in your world or do they? Oh, they, they most definitely do. I have seen time and time again that with my clients that the blind spot that we have with our family, and again, it could be a spouse, it could be a child, it could be a parent, is also a blind spot that they're having in, in our business. Wow. And it's because it all boils down to relationships. It all boils down to the human, the component. And when you look at that and you're like, okay, so I'm having this, let's, let's just say that, um, you know, someone had said that they were having a, an issue with their spouse and they weren't communicating and it's like, okay, great. They're not communicating with you. Are you communicating with them? And he was like, absolutely. I'm communicating with them. I'm telling her what I want, blah, blah, blah. Da, da. And I'm like, okay, that's great that you're giving her orders about you, but are you receiving what she's saying? And are you asking questions? Right. And that is like the key, I think, in, in any communication is having the ability and the willingness to ask questions and be okay, whatever that answer is. Right. That's fantastic. Now, I uh, a lot of the folks in, in my world, a lot of listeners here may say like, hey, I'm good at the business thing, right? We've got a successful organization. It's growing. I've got a great team. Those relationships are awesome. But it doesn't like that same like being CEO doesn't translate to being a great mom or dad or husband or wife. Uh, why, why is there a breakdown between those and why is it important to bridge that gap? <laughs> Great question. It's important to bridge that gap because that we have this thing in our society that we want to achieve called work-life balance, hmm. right? And we were not made, um, to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week and then come home and still have energy left 
for the people around us, our community. Even if you're, you know, you don't have a family and you're single, but you have community, you have family in some shape or form, whether it's just friends. And so we're not built to just focus on the one thing. And we are, we are built um, to be able to have energy for all the different areas. We might have some energy for other areas more on some days than others, but at the end of the day, we have to know where our energy is and where it can go. We only get, if you look at a, a picture of water, we only get that much. We only get that much of energy every day. And once it's poured out and then we're still trying to squeeze those last drops at the end because we're, you know, there till nine o'clock at night. Sometimes it's like, okay, there's none left. And then you go home and you're, you know, you're screaming at the kids or whatever. It's because you're done. Yeah. So if there was something that you could do that you can find that helps you do to replenish that energy, like maybe it's listening to your favorite song or, you know, going where people work out at the gym after work. Maybe it's walking in nature. Maybe it's just being able to just breathe and take a moment when you get home and have, you know, 30 minutes to yourself. Then you can start engaging in the in the family. Then you can go walk the dog, that type of thing. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because right now there's this little microcosm happening for me. So when COVID hit, I went from working at home to working at an office. My kids mm. came home and it was like, mm, nope, that's not going to happen. So when every when the whole world was going to work from home, I went to work from an office. Yeah, and uh, and had you know, uh, it's just it's a good fit for me, right? The drive there and the drive back are really kind of reset points where I can move from one space to the other. Well, just recently, uh, for a short run, I've got to work from the house, so we moved the whole setup here to the house. And now my commute is about, you know, 10 stairs. Mm -hmm. And I've realized uh, even just in this short little bit of time, I'm really missing my 20 minute drive home. It, that that because of that you, you that shifting gears that you're talking about that change point and it's a temporary thing and so I'm glad for that I'll be going back to uh, the office when they're done with some work on it but um, but I, I think it's true I think that there ha there there is a different energy at work than mm -hmm. there is at home you know uh, one of the I think one of the folks on the podcast but a friend of mine said I had to move from couch time to floor time right I had to yes. get from just coming home and vegging on the couch to getting down on my hands and knees with my kids when they were little mm, yeah and uh, and I, I think you know that that picture of a of a picture uh, if we can say those two words together, uh, is a great metaphor. Uh, and I, I appreciate it a lot. Now, a question that I have for you is before you start working with a client, right? Let's say a, a CEO, um, you know, they, maybe they start to feel like something's wrong. What are the other things that they try before mm. they call you and ask for help? And how does that go? Well, I have found that most of them just try to struggle through, just try to mm. push through there. They have this, um, I can't stop. I have to keep going, just push through the challenge. And I don't necessarily now. I'm trying to think most of my clients haven't actually worked with a coach or they've listened to podcasts. They've, they've read books, but then they're kind of like, pulling their hair, hair out uh, at their wits end going, okay, now I have to hire a coach. And uh, now I see that it, you're the one to work with. Um, it's, it's almost like there's, so I, so let me just start by saying I am a certified fearless living coach mm. and I help clients break through fear and wherever that shows, wherever that shows up. 
And so by the time they meet me, they've, they've been referred to me most of all, because I don't do a whole lot of advertising or promoting myself. It's literally word of mouth. Mm. And by that time, it's like, oh, got it. So I'm dealing with something that's way bigger than me. And I don't even know where it is. And I'm looking at what's next. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have a we have a deep conversation, first of all, in the first hour, just to see if we're a good fit for each other, yeah. because I want to make sure that I can serve them and that they will be inspired and empowered to do the work that we I will give them. And yeah. and if it's not me, I have a plethora. I know that's the great thing about the coaching world. As you know, we have a plethora of other people that they can work with. And yeah. I have no problem like referring them to someone else if I am not a good fit for them. Hi there, this is Scott Retirement. For over a decade as an entrepreneur, I thought coaching didn't work. I'd had some bad experiences with the wrong coaches and all that left me feeling like I had to figure it all out on my own. And while I wouldn't have admitted it back then, that was scary. It felt isolating and it left me constantly wondering what was around the next corner or when the shoe was going to drop. Then I found two great coaches and with their help and support, I discovered and implemented the predictable success model and my company tripled its profitability in a single year, adding over a million dollars to our bottom line. And now my team of scale architects and I get to enjoy the privilege of helping leaders like you achieve even greater results through our individual coaching and team acceleration programs. If you'd like to scale your business or nonprofit, boost your profits, build a strong leadership team, or even simply become a better leader with less stress, schedule your free 15 minute call with me at www.scalearchitects.com slash 15. That's scalearchitects.com slash one five. Now back to the show. I love that. Where do you think the kind of crossover point is? Because I don't know that it's feasible to hire a coach in every aspect of your life every day, right? But, uh, you know, I've seen it too, where a lot of folks, they go on this kind of self-learning journey. Where do you find that 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 tipping point happens. <laughs> Who needs a coach as opposed to going out to podcasts or books or whatever it may be? Yeah. So most of the time in the beginning stages of I need, I need help or I need to figure something out. I'm, I'm hitting a, a struggle. I'm hitting a challenge. People will point the finger outwardly and say, mm. it's the clients, it's the customers, it's my employees, it's the building, it's, you know, whatever, it's COVID, right? They'll constantly point the fingers elsewhere. So when they find that they're going, wait, is it me? Is it something that I could be a better leader as? Is it something that I can do for me that will help this environment, that will help what's happening right now? that's the best time I believe is to really, when you've got it, that it might, might just be you might just be the issue. That is when I think the best time is to hire a coach. That's excellent. That is very, very good advice. When, when you reach that point where you finally realize I've got something to do with this, it may not be a hundred percent, may not even be 51%, right? right? Right. But that there's some part of this that is me. And what I've found on the, the backside of that is that's, that's 
one of the it's it's a, a it's a creepy feeling, right? It's not one that we really enjoy. But what comes on the backside of that is if it is due to you, that's something that you can change. Yes. Yes. Well, before we're trying to control other things, we're trying to control the uncontrollables. So then when you take like full on 100% sole responsibility for yourself and go, okay, wait a minute here. What is it that I can shift and control to change and bring to the table differently? Yeah, that's so good. All right. So the moment that our listeners have been waiting for, the moment I've been waiting for uh, is I'd love to hear from you what the biggest secret is that you'd want to share with, with our audience today and founders, leaders, you know, the, the CEOs that you work with that will help them to grow as a person, as a leader, um, and to even help their organization grow. What would that one thing be? Mm. So I'm just closing my eyes and just thinking about that question for a moment. And the one thing that pops up to me is uh, hold your thoughts captive. And I say that because there are thoughts that we have about others. And then there are thoughts that we have about ourselves that we don't even realize we're having. Mm. It could. And so in the coaching world, we talk about, you know, did, do you know that to be true or are you making that up? So one of the things that, um, and I'm just going to make something up like, okay, let's just pretend that, you know, you had mentioned before that Scott was uh, 15 minutes late, right? So I'm just going to say, Scott didn't show up. I'm because I'm, he doesn't like me. I'm stupid. I'm weak. I got the wrong date. I got the wrong time. You know, that could be a story mm. right, that we think about. So that's the, my thoughts. That could be a scenario where I am thinking that like, oh my gosh, it's all my fault. I did something wrong. And instead of that, it's, it's really about being able to notice that that is what you're thinking. So whether that's with your boss, maybe that's with your team. Most of the time it's with our teams. Like the teams aren't, th <laughs> this is a good one. The team thinks I'm incompetent because I don't necessarily know the answer to this. Yeah. And that statement, most of the time, I'll say 98% of the time is untrue. Well, wow. but you don't know that because you haven't asked the questions. So I would say that um, the best thing that advice I could give anyone is to hold your thoughts captive and to ask yourself, do I know this to be true or could I possibly be making this up? Yeah. That's uh, it's really quite profound, and it's not something that I had spent uh, uh, much time really looking at. But I was just doing an exercise. It was actually with a group from my church, and there was uh, this person was kind of walking us through a process that they had for designing this new program we wanted to put on. And uh, he asked a very simple question. He said, "What do we know?" And he mm -hmm. said, "What do we assume?" Yes. And the number of times I wrote something in the know and then scratched it out and wrote it in the assume, right? Uh, it's it's stunning how yes. many things, right, are, really belong in the assumptions category, right? And it may it may be a story that we're making up. It may be a past experience to find what oh, used to happen. Of course, right? that's it, what it is. It yes. Be, uh, just complete misconception. It may be wishful thinking. It, it may be true, right? But the the difference between assumption and fact is profound, right? Mm -hmm. The fact you can rely on the assumption, there's good data in that, right? But it's not to be taken at face value. 
And so I, I love that you brought that out. And uh, again, I, I was just shocked. And I would, I would encourage folks to do this. And uh, if you want more about this, we'll talk about how you can connect with Shay here at the end, uh, because I'm sure she's better at it than you know, listening to a podcast. So if you know it's you, here we go, we'll tie it full circle. But, uh, but no, it, just take a moment, whatever that challenge is that you're facing right now and say, what do I know about it? Right. And mm-hmm. to what do I assume about it? Yes. And, and I think you'll be surprised at, at what you come back with. It's fantastic advice. Shay. Oh, thank you. And I will go a little bit further on the assumption. Yeah. How many times have you said, well, I can't tell that person this because they'll and they'll say blank, blank, blank. Mm. That is an assumption. That's so true. Wow. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Excellent advice. That was worth the price of admission. All right. So. Uh, and then so now I've worked with enough coaches to know that many coaches have a knack for spending all of their energy. We talked about spending energy earlier, mm-hmm. but uh, we can spend all our energy on our clients, right? On our yes. work because it's important work it's life-changing stuff, but we can do it at the cost of spending time on our own business. So mm-hmm. I, I want for you to take a moment, kind of take your coach hat off, mm-hmm. put your CEO hat on, right? Yes. Step into the ring with us and tell us what are you doing to grow as a leader in the next phase of growth mm-hmm. for Sparks of Fire International? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, one is that I surround myself with amazing team, team uh, of people who are not just supportive, but they are masters of their own craft. So I find people who are the who instead of me trying to do the what. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a good book called um, It's Not About the Who, It's About the, or It's Not About the What, It's About the Who. And it is, so that's, that's the one thing that I'm doing is finding people who are really good at what they do and let them go and not have, and I don't have to, you know, um, micromanage them. They just do what they do. And then I can look over it with ease and go, yes, yes. Or tweak this here a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing that. And um, I, it's funny. I had a, I have a pretty. I won't say strict schedule, but I have a schedule for myself that is set up in a way where I have learned what hours of the day work best for my energy. Mm. And so it's um, in the afternoon um, or the morning, depending on the day, depending on what I've done the day before, that type of thing. And so it's really interesting that when I started to work like that, it, it makes, because I don't work a nine to five, so, or work quote unquote nine to five. So I might work one to seven and that seems, that seems to really work for me. Well, yeah. Very cool. I was just sitting, uh, I've got my blue chair in my office and my blue chair is kind of my thinking and meditation spot and, and praying. And I was thinking this morning of that exact thing, like, how could I manage my energy better throughout the day? And I walked away with a big question mark. So mm. uh, no, no great wisdom there, but uh, there's, there's something to that. And I love that you found that. Uh, and, and nine to five is something that is as arbitrary as any other working time, right? Uh, a byproduct of, of a bygone age by this point. Yes. Uh, and so I love that you're able to break free of that uh, and, and run with it in the way that's best for you. Um, all right. So uh, kind of wrapping it up here. I know some of our listeners are sitting here thinking like, absolutely. I'd love to live fearless, right? Uh, how can they connect with you, learn more about you and what you do? Absolutely. So 
Uh, gosh, where do I start? So first of all, my website is shaysparks.com. That's S-H-A-S-P-A-R-K-S.com. And please bear with me. It is under um, updating at the moment. So it will be um, not exactly everything that I do right now, but it is a, a good portion of the things that I do. Awesome. Um, you can also find um, my podcast on any platform, The Power of Investing in People podcast. And just a few weeks ago was Scott's interview. So you can definitely check that out. And in those show notes, there is a link. If you want to connect with me, there is a link to hit and it goes straight to my, my Calendly account and sets up a meeting for you um, to just connect and talk and see if we're a good fit for each other or if there's something that I can refer you to. I also do um, heart and mind fitness coaching and brainstorming for your business. And I have podcasting and veteran resources which is also near and dear to my heart. Um, I talked about my dad and my dad was a veteran. So I am a plethora of useless and sometimes useful information. So um, feel free to reach out to me on that as well. You're, you're being modest. Uh, I, I know that it, it leans very, very heavily toward the highly, highly useful side of that. So Shay, thank you so much for being with us. Head over to shaysparks.com. Uh, check out her podcast again. Uh, I had a wonderful opportunity to be on there, but I know you'll you'll get to hear more of, of her wisdom and that of her guests. The Power of Investing in People podcast. You can find it really anywhere. There's podcasts. I know it's all over the place. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to seeing you guys over there. Jay, thank you for being here. Mm. I so appreciate it. For those of you listening today, thank you so much. Uh, we wish you the absolute best. Go live a fearless life and, uh, and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Scott Ritzheimer here. Thank you so much for listening to the Secrets of High Demand Coaches podcast. If you are a successful coach, consultant, or advisor, who's built a strong book of business and would like to be on the program, please visit go.scalearchitects.com. And if you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media and just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials? If you know someone who'd be a great guest, you can tag them on social media to let them know about the show. And make sure you include the hashtag high demand coaching. I love seeing your posts. I love seeing your guest suggestions. Thank you so much. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content to make sure you don't miss any of those episodes. Go ahead and subscribe now. Your thumbs up, your ratings, your reviews, they go a long way to help us promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, you can go to our website, www.scalearchitects.com, or you can follow me or the company on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time.